Lord Bloodraw's nerve-wracking auditorium is made possible by Lord Bloodraw's Patreon supporters. Lord Bloodraw keeps the love of vintage horror and science fiction alive with three weekly shows. The Nerve-Wracking Auditorium, Lord Bloodraw's Nerve-Wracking Theater, the long-running syndicated TV series presenting horror and science fiction feature films, and Lord Bloodraw's Cathode Zone, presenting episodes of classic genre TV shows. For more info, go to patreon.com slash lordbloodraw. Ah, I'm so glad you're here. Allow me to introduce myself. I am Lord Bloodraw. I host horror and science fiction films on my TV series, Lord Bloodraw's Nerve Rack and Theater, but here, in this cool, intimate darkness, I'll be presenting tales of horror and the uncanny solely for you, alone. In this auditorium within your mind, you will coalesce the settings and the players from the ether of your imagination. Your terror will be your own creation. This is the sorcery of sound, the subtle magic of old-time radio horror. horror. at the door. You will not need them. This is Lord Bloodraw's nerve-wracking auditorium. It's fascinating that people who would never dream of trying to hold back a waterfall with their bare hands or stand defiantly before a raging hurricane would fight to stop the natural force and progression of time. To some, the completely natural and inescapable process of aging is terrifying. Watching the years pass, bringing with them a gray hair here, a wrinkle there, a few more aches, a little less energy, all leading to the natural inevitable. To some, this is akin to laying on the slab in the pit watching the swinging, slashing pendulum of age slowly descending. Tonight's tale is about such a person and the deadly quote-unquote solution he came up with. From Beyond Midnight comes the tale Elwa's Whereabouts. Robert Holmes, 
40 years old. Yes? Oh, uh, leave it there, please. No, 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 on the table there. Thank you. 40. 40 years old. Generally, it is the so-called frailer or weaker sex who are so conscious of the passage of time that they hear the knell of doom in the number 40. Generally speaking, that is. To Robert Holmes, though, 40 held all the terrors that modern man can imagine within its two crisp syllables. 40. 17 days short. Oddly, with each succeeding year, the age gap between him and there was seemed to widen, as if time were carrying him along and leaving her behind. In the beginning, she had looked at him as being attractively mature, while now he felt she regarded him as growing old. It was no trick of the imagination, the way he saw Elwaz looking at the younger men in the club, and a number of them, young bucks like Edward Mathis, were not above doing something about it. Poor Robert. He should have done something about it himself. Instead, he allowed it to prey on his mind, and that pathetic little number... The one that comes after 39 carried him beyond midnight. Biotech, the new soak and pre-wash powder presents Beyond Midnight by Michael McCabe.
In order for Eloise to die, he would have to kill her himself. One dry martini. Oh, thanks. <laughs> you and your martinis, Mr. Holmes. I always thought it was only Americans who drank them. <laughs> Give me a nice pint any day of the week. Dry? Mm. <laughs> As the desert breeze. You've never been to America, have you, Mr. Holmes? No, no. <clears throat> no, I've never been to America. Uh, they say it's a wonderful country. That's a nice cigarette case, Mr. Holmes. Hmm? Yes, so wife gave it to me for my study, for my birthday. Uh, you thought it hunting to annoy you, Mr. Holmes? Hmm. Yes, that's right. 134, on the hill. That's a nice house, I know it. It's got a tennis court, garage for four cars. Speak. Mm. I used to work for the bloke who owned it, during the war. Jack Conyers owned it then. He was a bootlegger. A what? <laughs> that's what they call him in the States, Mr. Holmes. Distillers of and runners of black market liquor. Oh, during the war, the customers telephoned for orders, and we'd get the stuff out of the stockroom under the garage. And send it out to them. That's black market prices. The police were never able to. Room under the garage? There's, there's no room under the garage. Well, it's probably been filled in a long time ago. Now, there used to be one under there. There was a trap door in the garage floor and some steps leading down. The door was on a spring, and you had to push it in a certain place to make the trap open. Oh, yes. Oh, excuse me. Got to go as customers. Hello, Bobby boy. Oh, How are you? <laughs> Oh, Charlie, you celebrating? Well, wife's gone away. Visiting her sister. First time the old... First time she's left me for 15 years. Oh, look. I might be telling tales out of school and all that, but I just saw your charming bride. Well? Well, I mean, maybe I ought to keep my big mouth shut. Right. Come on, come on, you're drunk it up with it. Well, I... I been around the town to a few pubs today. That I can see. Hmm. Well, I, I was in the Domino earlier on, and that's where I saw Elwes. She was with a youngster called Mathis. Mathis? Edward Mathis? Yes, Edward. That's the one, Edward. <laughs> You're sure? Well, look, Bob, I've, I've had a few drinks, but there's nothing wrong with my eyesight. Oh, he's a smart one, that Mathis. He's... <laughs> Very smart. What would you like to do on your birthday, Bob? It's only a couple of weeks off, you know. You'll be 40. You don't have to remind me. Hmm? What? Or would you like to get a crowd together and go to the club? Um, I'm not particularly looking forward to this birthday, if you don't mind. Why? Because it is forty. <laughs> oh, don't be absurd. You know what they say, life begins at forty. Oh, for heaven's sake, stand it a cliche. I don't act so blasted smug. One of these days, you too are going to be forty. Oh, a long, long way off for me yet. Oh, still, it's nothing to be afraid of. He glanced down the long table with his wife. She had a secret of that, he was sure. Nine years they'd been married now, nine years on her money. Even his job. Then her father's brokerage firm would go down the drain if anything happened to their marriage. Is anything wrong, Bob? What did you do today? Oh, nothing important. Went to the club, played nine holes and... With whom did you play? What is this, Robert? An inquisition? Or just what is this all of a sudden? <laughs> You're acting like a suspicious, peevish old man. Ah, oh, forget it. 
I've had a bad day at the office. Forget it. Lovely yellow. Oh, oh hello. <laughs> uh, one of the most beautiful cars I've ever seen. Yeah. Oh, mamma mia. Uh, would you, uh, would you ask Mathis if he's not too busy? I'd, I'd like to see him, please. Oh, Ed won't be in again until this afternoon. Shall I ask him? No, no, no. Never mind. I'll, uh, I'll come back again some other time. Two blazers would work today. That's what Holmes thought that morning. He drove home again. Her car was not in the garage. He moved moodily about the house for a while, drank two drinks, and then suddenly remembered what the barman had said about the old trap door in the cellar of his house. With a strange excitement, he went to investigate. Something had clicked in his mind. A few details here and there, and 
and my future is secure. before his 40th birthday, Robert Holmes decided not to go to work. He told his wife he had some paperwork to wade through and accordingly he shut himself into his study and waited. An observer hidden with him in that room, though, would have observed that the gentleman in question opened no books, picked up no pens. Instead, he merely waited and listened close by the door. After a while, he heard Elwaz go to the telephone, make a call, and agree with one of her women friends to play golf that day. She replaced the phone, just as Robert stepped out into the hall. Oh, hello, darling. Finished already? No, just uh, taking a breather. <laughs> well, I hate to make you jealous, but... What's that? Hmm? Well, what's that on your neck? Neck? Just... <laughs> Yes, Robert did a very workmanlike job of throttling her was. As soon as he had finished, he carried her down to the room under the garage and buried her in the shallow grave he had dug the day before. By the time he carried this out, washed his hands and straightened his tie, barely five minutes had passed. In another fifteen minutes, he was sitting at his desk at his office in town. Came 4.30 that afternoon. I've got a bit of a nasty pain in my stomach. In fact, I, uh, I don't feel well at all. I I'd like you to ring my wife, please. If she's not at home, she'll be either at the Dawson's or with some friends. I'm sorry, Mr. Holmes. Awfully sorry. I I've tried all the places you said, but no one's seen her today. Huh? Uh, this Mrs. Um, uh, Mrs. Bascom said she talked to your wife this morning. They were supposed to play golf together. Apparently, Mrs. Holmes just didn't turn up. Mm, that's strange. Yes, sir. That's strange. Not like Elwaz at all. Uh, did you try my home phone? Oh, yes, sir. That's the first place I tried. No one answered. How does your tummy feel now? <sighs> Seems to be getting worse, if anything. Oh. Must have been something I had at lunch. Well, you shouldn't go home if there's no one there. Uh, here. That's the number of the woman who does for us. It's Thursday today, a day off. Uh, look, call her and explain the situation. Yes. Uh, tell her to take a taxi out to the house and say, I'll be there within the hour. Would you like me to drive you home, Mr. Holmes? <laughs> That's very nice of you. I hate to inconvenience you, though. Oh, it's no trouble, sir. I'll get your hat and coat, shall I? You won't need your briefcase, will you? Or, or is there something you... Uh, yes. No, 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 quite. Yes, of course. No, 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 I phoned them. Yes. No, I suppose not. Oh, thank you. <sighs> What's about the last of the hospitals? In fact, it is the last within 20 miles, anyhow. Well, could she have gone on a trip, do you suppose? Oh, no, no, she'd have told me. Anyway, a car's still there. 
Maybe you should call the police. Mum had to do that about Dad once. They found him three months later, sitting in the park in Manchester, feeding the pigeons. Well, if I don't hear anything within the hour, I will call them. Uh, yes, I've got to do that. Now, where's Mrs. Ruddy Watson? You, you phoned her. She promised to be here. I, look, I, I don't want to keep you. I've told you before, Sergeant Wilkins, and I'll tell you again. People do not simply disappear. She's got to be somewhere. Oh, we've checked and rechecked everywhere. She could have left the town, Inspector. And she didn't leave. She's still here somewhere. Yeah, perhaps we'd better let the newspapers have a crack at it. You know that's out. Her father's a very big man. The editors of some of the biggest national papers are like Siamese twins to him, let alone the locals. He doesn't want anything in the paper about it. He says she might have just gone away for a while and doesn't want to be embarrassed. Mm. You know, that husband knows more than he's saying. Maybe he killed her. No, that wouldn't surprise me one bit. And what did he do with the body? Well, maybe he buried her. Maybe he dissolved her in acid and washed her down the drain. I don't know what he did with it. We've been through and over every darned inch of the ground on the property. If just supposing he did bump her off, Sergeant, where the heck did he bury her? Uh, well, anyway, Holmes can account almost for every second from the time Mrs. Daskin talked to his wife on the phone until the time he found in the missing persons report. His alibi's too darn good. A jury doesn't convict people for having good alibis. And suddenly a whole new world opened up before Robert Holmes. Exciting possibilities. There were no boundaries, it seemed to him now. The world was his oyster. He decided that it was a holiday he was needing. A long, long holiday. Of course, he'd keep the house. He would refrain from letting it or anything stupid like that. He can't let her or anything. Not with what the room under the garage contained. Not with what's downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> Although, of course, who could ever find it? But then no one could ever find it. They might just get into conversation with the barman. Might just have a talk with her Dutch in the bar. Oh, that's a bit dodgy. Certainly would. Imagine it. Oh, so you're in number 134 on the hill. Used to work eight, three years ago. Before the present owner, of course. Rich keys has it now. His wife disappeared in mysterious circumstances. She's never been found. Some people reckon he had something to do with it. But they never managed to make anything of it. Yes, well, underneath the garage floor, there's this cellar place. All you do, as I remember, is to find a certain place on the wall. Oh, no. Definitely not Robert Holmes. Certainly not. Lock the whole place up. Put in the hands of reliable lawyers. I'll take it. I'll uh, return from time to time, of course. Of course. Otherwise. Otherwise, uh, people might think I've run away. Ah, south of France, I think. Then, uh, Switzerland. Ah. It'd be wise to uh, check with that inspector chap, I think. After all, it's only been nine days. Oh, the beautiful ladies in the world are waiting for you, Bob Holmes. Forty? Forty? Not sort of an age of forty, anyway, to a man with money. Oh, hello. Uh, uh, Inspector Jason, please. Hmm. Yes, I, I think he is expecting me to ring. Thank you. Hello, uh, Inspector. Uh, Robert Holmes here. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, no, no, no. I look, Inspector. I, I I've got to get away just just for a while. It, it's been a terrible strain on me, as you can imagine. Hmm? Uh, France. Oh, yeah, yes, of course. 
And if she turns up, as I, I'm sure she must, the silly girl. Now, if you can contact me. No, no, I, I'm sorry, Inspector. I, I will not allow such a terrible possibility to prey on my mind. So I, I'm sure she merely decided on the spur of the moment to... Hmm? Oh, thank you. That's nice of you. But it, it's perfectly all right, then. I mean, I thought I'd just check. Good. Good, fine. Hmm? Uh, well, as soon as I've got an address, I'll... Yeah. Right? Cheerio. Uh, thank you for all your help. No ordinary day, this. It was Robert Holmes' 40th birthday. He had allowed the woman who did for him leave for an indefinite period. On a generous retainer, of course. He began to pack. Then he discovered an annoying thing. He couldn't find the diamond-studded tie clip that Elwaz had given him for his 39th birthday. I to remember when he had last worn it. It had been the day he had killed Elwaz. He remembered dressing and waiting for her to make a phone call. Later, he had carried her down to the room. He had placed her in the grave and covered her. It's got to be down there. It's the only place it can be. Oh, I can't believe it. Cost at least a thousand pounds. Diamonds are huge. Anyway. I never found the room and found her. And a tight slip of her, too. No, there's no risk anyway. I'm alone. And so, accordingly, he got a torch, opened the trap, and started down the stairs. He was halfway down when he heard the car approach. Oh, the blazes. Him, Robert realized that the car and whoever had driven it there had come into the garage. It had to be the police. All right, be here. Who's that? It's not the police. Several minutes passed. Then came another voice. No, she seems to be home. The back door. But no one came when I rang. Might be in the bar. She said delivery this morning. I'm positive of that. It's his birthday. What shall we do? <laughs> Suddenly, Robert recognized the second voice. Ed Mathis. Mathis. We'll leave the car where it is. It's, uh, paid for. We'll go back to town in your car. Waiting a decent interval, Robert searched for the tie clip and found it. Now he was ready to go. South of France, blue waters and film starlets with loose morals awaited him. Swimming, fishing, sailing, golf. Above him, the yellow 
beautiful sports car with one wheel resting firmly on the trap door. Every Friday night at half past nine by Biotex, the new soak and pre-wash powder. The program is adapted for broadcasting and produced by Michael McCabe. Robert murdered his young wife, believing her to be unfaithful. Yet another reminder of his advancing age, his fear of growing old. Now... Trapped in a tomb beneath his late wife's last loving gift to him, he no longer has to fear growing old. Thank you for joining me in the Nerve Racken Auditorium, and I hope you'll come again. But now it's time for you to rejoin the uh, real world. I am Lord Bloodraw, and I'll be waiting here for you in the shadows of your mind until the next time you seek the darkness. Good night. <laughs>